0: Welcome to the Highway Church podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Thank you so much, band. We appreciate you. We appreciate everything you've done in leading us into the presence of God. I'm going to jump straight into Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Are you ready? Are you ready? Good, let's go. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. Where's Jethro when you need him, Pastor Caleb? Dang it, he's out the back. There you go. The flock of his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and I will see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. It's a great story in the Bible, Moses. If you're not familiar with it, Moses is the man who freed, who God used to free the Israelites from their captivity to the Egyptians. Moses was the man of God who God chose to break the bondage of slavery. I love this story because Moses in this moment, we've just skipped into a part of his life where Moses has been on the run for 40 years. He's been on the run from his call. He's been on the run from the plan of God. He's been on the run from his own people for 40 years. Why? Because years earlier, Moses had found himself in a situation. He was of Egyptian um, royalty, and he found himself in a situation where he ends up killing another man, defending his own people, but killing one of the slave drivers, And so Moses flees, he flees to the wilderness, he gets to his uh, father-in-law Jethro and he ends up wandering around this wilderness experience. Poor Moses had two wilderness experiences. He ends up wandering around for 40 years. He feels like he's canceled from the call of God in his life. He feels like any hope of him doing anything significant is now gone and it's evident in the fact that he is in hiding. See, Moses knew that he was a murderer. Moses understood just how bad of a thing he had done in a moment of great passion. Moses understood the sin that he had made in taking somebody else's life, and it was eating him up. And so what he does is he cancels himself. And you've heard this term cancel culture maybe in life. Like it's everywhere at the moment, social media, lots of people talking about cancel culture. But cancel culture has been around for way longer than just this century. Cancel culture has been happening to people all throughout history because of the shame and because of condemnation and because of being held back by our past. And so Moses finds himself in a place where he has cancelled himself because of what he has done. And I know there are people in the room tonight and you have cancelled yourself because of what you have done. You have cancelled yourself from believing big on God. You have cancelled yourself from stepping into that new season because of what had happened in the past. You have cancelled yourself. Some of us don't dream any longer because we've cancelled the God-given dream on our life. Some of us don't have a faith any longer to believe for big things because we know who we are on the inside. But just like God found Moses in the wilderness experience, God can find you tonight. That's my prophetic declaration, is that God can find you tonight. Some of us, even we don't feel like we're dealing with much right now, but even though we have, we have almost receded in a season, we, this last season we could have pushed forward, but for some reason we have pushed ourselves back. And we call that just relaxing and taking a moment sitting in church. But I think it's time for the church to actually step into the future. Step into the thing, and it may be uncomfortable and it probably will hurt and it probably will be addressing some things, but we have got to step into the thing that God is doing today. We've been talking about awakening the pioneer spirit, we've been um, jumping into that book of Haggai. I would encourage you to read that. But one of the things that we have to awaken, if we're serious about building God's church, is to awaken something within us that died in a past season. It's to awaken faith within us again that maybe we've cancelled out that part of our life from ever being used by God. We've cancelled that section of our life. We've stopped believing for more. But I wanna to to, to talk to us tonight about what happens when God meets us in our place of weakness. Moses spent 40 years cancelled. He had cancelled his destiny, his hope, his plan, his dreams, his purpose in God for 40 years years and then one day god rocks up could that day be you for you here tonight it's pretty funny cancel culture like we know we're getting extremes like usually society swings from one extreme to the other extreme hey there's no in between usually yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like society, as humans, there's very rarely a middle point, a middle ground, and that's why we stuff so many things up. We either swing from one extreme to the other extreme. And you know cancel culture is quite extreme in our culture. When you even cancel Mr. Potato Head, and I'm not joking, Mr. C- Potato Head is canceled. Toy Story, I'm sorry, Mr. Potato Head is gone. Dr. Seuss, canceled. And all of these, I <laughs> know, shocking. Um <laughs> But the thing is, it sounds stupid to us, but you've canceled, we've canceled parts of our life and parts of our faith in the very same manner that God looks at from a distance and says, what are we doing? God has always used, and this is encouraging for a lot of people in the room, imperfect people with a perfect message. God, is all, there's only one perfect man, his name was Jesus. Does that take the pressure off you? Doesn't it? Doesn't that like, there it? The relationship with God is the most important part. It's not how hard you try. It's not how hard you behave, you manage yourself. It's not how much you can turn your life to. No, no. It's relationship with God, and everything flows from that place. We're not talking about behaviour modification. I'm not talking about trying to get your life behaviorally right so you're doing all the right things. No, no, getting to the place where we want to do the right things in all seasons is the goal. And that comes through a relationship with God. But it's easy for us to let the cancel culture of our world creep into our personal walk with God. See, cancel culture is anti-kingdom in every single way. Cancel culture says, come as we are. Kingdom culture says, "Come as you are." Kingdom cult, cancel culture says, "Conform," but kingdom culture says, "Transform." Cancel culture says, "We will cut you out. Build a, we will build a wall, and you will not be able to get into the inside with us unless you conform." But kingdom culture says, "I'm not here to conform. I'm actually here to transform my world." my life, and the people's lives around me. Cancel culture is anti-kingdom. I wanna talk to you about three things tonight that the world can't cancel. Are you ready? Number one, the world can't cancel the called. The world can't cancel the called. Verse four says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Here I am. God called him. Moses didn't call God. God called him. I I know this is a basic point, but we need to get this. You You didn't close the distance between you and God. God closed the distance and allowed you in. God wants to encounter you tonight, and some of us have come like we want to encounter God. Did you know that God actually wants to encounter you? That He wants to encounter your, your personality, He wants to encounter and become the reality in your life. It is Him who calls. You see, Moses was called from the burning bush. The thing about the burning bush is that we often think that it's obvious. The burning bush in the desert at this time was quite, usual. it wasn't an unusual occurrence. Bush, like the things would spontaneously erupt in flames because of the heat that was in that desert. So proven fact, historians talk about it. the fact that this bush was burning was not the key thing that drew Moses' attention. There was a detail. The bush wasn't burning. That's what brought Moses in. So there'll be many things that, It combusted in in flames, but it was the fact that there was a detail that was missing that drew Moses in. And I love the fact that it says when God saw that Moses had gone over to have a look. Can I say this? There are details in your life that God wants to work through that you may be missing that are attached to the call. Sometimes we get so focused in where we are that we miss the details that God is screaming out for us to take notice of. And when we go over, then He can speak to us. If Moses is so stuck in his day-to-day, he never noticed the the bush that was burning because there was other things that were happening. He never goes up and God never speaks. But maybe the problem is, is that we're going at a rate that's too fast. We're too much, we're zone focused, but we need to slow down and keep watch because the call of God will find you. We just need to notice. You see, God's job is to call us. Our job is to notice and our job is to respond with here I am. Here I am. Moses' posture Think about it. This is a vulnerable thing for Moses to say when he has been on the run for 40 years. Do you think Moses wants to say, he's probably not said those words to, to, for years, here I am. And yet God in this moment is saying, Moses, Moses, and Moses' response is here I am. You know, God can do a lot with people who say, God, here I am. In my moment of weakness, here I am. In my moment of not, not knowing what I'm doing, here I am. In my moment of, of just being stuck in the situation, in the circumstance, here I am. The call of God cannot be cancelled by culture. It cannot be cancelled by you. It cannot be cancelled by the people around you. It cannot be cancelled by what your parents have said or what generations have said or what you've done. The call of God is for you and not against you. The call of God, Romans eleven twenty nine, for God's gifts and His call can never be withdrawn. God's gifts and His call can never be withdrawn. That's a confident thing that that we can lean in today, that despite your, your weaknesses, despite where you find yourself, when you choose to repent and turn your life toward God, His call is still there for you. It can never be withdrawn. How many times do you hear people say, I can't do that because of this? I can't do that because of this. I'll never get there because I did this or I was there. And No, 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 nothing is wasted in God. He will use your story to build the call. He will use every season so that he would be glorified through you. His call cannot be withdrawn, but this is the thing. You have to know who called you. Otherwise, you will spend the rest of your life answering the wrong people's voices. You have to know who's called you. Otherwise, you'll spend your life going, ah mm, uh, ah" uh, trying to please everyone. There's only one, thi- only one God we have to please, and His name is Jesus. You don't have to please the people around you. You don't have to please what, what other people have said, what society says, what culture says. You don't have to try and please everyone. No, no, I'm just here to serve and please God. Why? Because He called me. I know he called me. See, our culture seeks appointments. Like everybody loves to be appointed into a new role and we're all like lots of people are chasing that, you know, that ladder, trying to get to the top. We're chasing appointments given by man. See, man can give appointments, but only God can give anointing. Give me anointing any day. Come on, give me anointing any day. Stuff the appointments. Stuff the things that the world says we need. Who cares about the title, friend? If we don't have the anointing, we have nothing. If we don't have the anointing, nothing can break the chains. If we don't have the anointing, nothing can set people free. If we don't have the anointing, nothing will will happen with our lives. But God has given us a call, and for that call, He has given you an anointing. Moses is there. He gets called by God and says, God, here I am. Some of us need to say that tonight. You've been standing in that wilderness experience for years and years and years because of something that's happened and God is saying, will you answer me tonight? Will you notice the small Details in the room that the Holy Spirit is placing in front of us. Will we notice those words that are dropping into our heart? That thought that is dropping into our mind? That feeling that comes over our, over our body as we stand in the presence of God? Will we notice the call? Will we answer? We fail to feel the presence of God when we're answering the wrong call. Because our ear isn't attentive to him. It's attentive to them and that person and that person. You can't cancel the call. Number two, the world can't cancel conviction. Romans 12, one to two. what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You can't cancel the conviction, this is my point. Moses always had a conviction for, that was attached to his call. Moses was placed on the earth by God to be used to set his, God's people free, to set the Hebrews free. When Moses isn't listening to the right voices, the right call, he ends up doing something that he would later regret in killing the Egyptian slave. That's called acting in your own strength. That's called the conviction was there, but the conviction wasn't attached to the call. Does that make sense? So sometimes we have convictions. Moses was always made to be passionate about God's people. Get no, like that's why he is passionate in this moment. I mean, you don't kill someone in a moment and not be passionate for the people that you defended. But he was listening to the wrong voices, and so he acted out of a moment of his own strength rather than with God's strength. God had already destined that he would set the people free. God had already planned for Moses to be there for such a time as this, but he was listening to the wrong voices. But this is my thing, The, the conviction was there from the very beginning. And there are convictions in you that you have, passions that you have, things that you stand on that were God-given, that were God-given, and that God wants to use in this next season. See, a lot of people have good feelings toward God, but they have no conviction. And so the moment pressure is applied to their belief system, they lose the feelings that they once had towards God because now not everything's going well, and they in turn lose their faith. You see, people who have conviction are people who decide what they're doing before they're placed in the situation where they're doing it. Like it's always a good idea to go to gym. You can look at the person next to you if they've been going to the gym for the last two, three years and not really going to the gym for the last two, three years. It's always a fantastic idea to go to the pool or go to the gym or to take that extra class or to do whatever, it's always a great idea. But conviction says, I need to make the decision now because I won't feel like doing it in the morning. And so what do I do now that's gonna set me up for the win in the morning and force me to do the thing that I'm convicted for? So what do you do? You get your bag ready, you get your clothes ready, you put the alarm clock on, you tell the person next to you, hey, you gotta kick me out of this bed in the morning. If If I'm sleeping, If I press snooze, you need to like slap me in the face and get me out. Why? Because I have a conviction that isn't based on the way I feel in the morning that I'm gonna step into tomorrow when I get up. You see, we cannot rely on motivation to place us in church. You cannot rely on motivation to keep you in love with God. You cannot rely on motivation to build your faith. You cannot rely on motivation for a good life. You cannot rely on motivation to place you in the rooms where you need to be. You cannot rely on motivation to do the things that God's called you to do. It will not work. Discipline and conviction is the key to stepping into the call and the purpose of God. God has placed some things in your heart that we need to get convicted for again. When you get like get convicted for the people in your world, get that burning sense, hey, I, I am called to reach my school, my university, my workplace. I don't have to reach them all at the same time, but I'm just gonna reach one person in small ways every single day. That every room I walk into, I'm walking in with a conviction. God, I'm here to love people. Who can I love? Who, who can I sit with today? Whose life can I speak into today? Whose purpose can I speak into today? Why? Because God has placed these convictions in our life. But so often we run our faith on motivation, not conviction. Motivation is lazy. Motivation is lazy Christianity covered and we can be all passionate, we can be all in love with God one day and completely turned against him the next day because motivation's waned. Motivation is the lowest form of belief. It's the lowest form of following God. You see, your convictions were made for the moments when you feel the pressure, but you continue anyway. That's what you get, like motivation's not made for those moments where you don't wanna do it, because your motivation's low, you're not gonna do it. Don't lie to yourself, you're not gonna do it. But the conviction and discipline says, even though I don't feel like it, I'll do it anyway. Even though I don't see it right now, I'll believe it for it anyway. Even though I don't feel the love of God right now in my life, I know that he loves me anyway. Even though I don't see the answers to my prayers, I still believe that God's gonna answer them one side of eternity or the other. I'll believe him anyway. Even though I don't feel like praising God and jumping or clapping, I'll still praise him anyway. That's what conviction does. Motivation says, God, when we walk into church, we'll we'll assess the worship team Oh, Owen had a bit of problems with his bass tonight. Not saying that's really happened, but maybe. Oh yeah, Owen's distracting me now. It's not very good, not very professional, that sort of thing. To I love Owen. I, Owen knows that he was—he's a legend. Give it up for Owen, somebody. He's awesome. But motivation. When we come with the motivation, we go. Oh, how's the uh aircon?s A bit cold tonight. Okay, I'm gonna go taste the uh, barbecue out the front before I leave. If it's not quite to my standard, I'll let the people know. Dylan, the sound's a bit loud. I can hardly worship. I can hardly sing. I know, it's Dan, yeah. (laughs) Who's on lighting? Gabe. Gabe, the lights were pretty bright tonight. It's not really motivating. Are you guys gonna take me to the place where I love God and I feel all great? Are you guys gonna take me into the place where I feel like worshiping and I feel like praising? Or are we the runners in our own lane? Are we the one on the race? Are we the one in the journey with faith? Are we the one with witnesses in heaven cheering us on, saying, come on, let's get going. Let's get faith rising, let's get conviction moving. Let's come to the presence of God and say, God, I'm here to meet with you in a real way. That's conviction. When you walk into the room, you say, I'm ready to praise God before I even hear the praise song start. I don't need to hear a praise report in order to praise them. I'll praise them before I see the praise report. I'll praise them in the prayer. I'll praise them in the pain. I'll praise them in any situation or circumstance. Why? Because conviction. That's what conviction will do. It won't be about consumerism, it won't be about consumer Christianity, going to church to church. No, no. I'm conviction I have a conviction that I will plant my life in him who is able and I will carry the atmosphere of heaven wherever I go. I set the temperature in every room I walk into. I set the temperature of my relationship with God. I'm not relying on the preacher to motivate me to wanna love God more. I'm not relying on the people, I'm not even relying on the preacher to get my friends saved. I'm a part of that journey too. That's what conviction will do. That's what discipline will do. You can't cancel conviction. And number three, as I wrap up, I'll have the whole band back. The world can't cancel, and this is, this is good. Can't cancel the cross. Can't cancel the cross. I just want to sit there for a bit. It cannot cancel the cross. Is anybody thankful that the cross cannot be canceled? Anybody thankful that the cross that the cross cannot be overcome. It can never be removed from history. (laughs) Although people may want it to be, although it may offend some, the cross will never be removed from history because upon that cross lay the Saviour named Jesus and He died for all humanity. It doesn't matter how strong or powerful the world leader has been. It doesn't matter how much, how, how, persevered, how, how much pressure they put on the Christians or the early church. The cross kept on going. The cross, the message of the cross kept on being sent. The message of the cross could not be denied. The message of the cross could not be, could not be overcome by any man, woman, child, whatever it is, by any demon in hell, the cross stands firm. The world cannot cancel the cross. Colossians 2, 13 to 14 says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. I love this part. Then God made you alive in Christ for He forgave all our sins. He made you alive in Christ. This is why it's important that we are in relationship with Christ. Christ. Because you are alive when you are in relationship with Christ. You're not alive when you attend church. You're not alive when you try really hard to do all the best things that you can do to be religious or whatever it is. No, no, no. You are alive when you have relationship with Christ. He cancelled the record. Anybody thankful for that? That He cancelled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I love this statement that I read and I'll read it. G.K. Chesterton Chesterton said this, the cross cannot be defeated for it is defeat. I love the way God works. (laughs) I love the fact that the cross can be celebrated. Have you ever thought about how outrageous that is? That we celebrate the thing that killed our Saviour? Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can take an instrument of torture and turn it into an instrument of hope. Only Jesus can take an instrument that people looked at and feared and now people look at and have faith. Only Jesus can take a life and turn it from something that nobody thought could ever happen around. No faith can, nobody has faith for. Only Jesus can take a life and turn it right around. See, we cannot cancel the cross. And one of the things that the cross cancels out is shame. I want to speak into this just for a moment. Shame has no place on your life. Shame has no place in your family. Shame does not have the power over you. Condemnation does not have the power over you. Conviction has power over you. But condemnation and shame can be removed in Jesus' Name. Conviction and shame is broken because of the power of the cross. You see, lots of people get used to carrying shame. Moses had become used to carrying the shame of what he had done. So when God says, I'm calling you, Moses said, No, you're not. God says, Yes, I'm calling you. And Moses says, No, you're not. And then he says, Who are who am who, who are you, God? Who are you? And he says, I am who I am. See, the cross cannot be cancelled. See, shame wants to keep you the same. Shame will keep you stuck where you are right now. Shame is being sure of what you've done and unsure of what He's done. How proud is that? How prideful do we have to be as humanity to think that some our actions can outweigh His actions upon that cross. Like we can hear the story of the cross, we can hear the story of grace and Jesus turning people's lives around, but we can still go, Nana, you don't know my story. We're not that great. <laughs> We're not that powerful. Doesn't matter how good we feel, you're not that good. Your actions can never outweigh what Jesus did for you upon that cross and it's just the way it should be. Doesn't matter how far you've run from Him, doesn't matter what your road has looked like, your journey has looked like, your actions have no place when you come to the foot of the cross. They have no power when you come to the cross and allow Him to change you from the inside out. John 3.17, I mentioned this a bit at youth, but we're really good at quoting John 3.16, for God so loved the world, we know that verse. But verse 17 says, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. In other words, He did not send His Son to judge the world, but He sent His Son to save the world through His sacrifice. The cross cannot be cancelled by what you've done, what people have done around you. The cross cannot cancel the destiny on your life, the call of God, the direction of your life when we turn and we repent and we come to God and say God I've got some things I need to deal with the cross will work its way every single time the cross cannot be defeated for it is defeat can we stand to our feet I just feel in this moment I'm going to just open up worship just one more time but I want us to go back into just a song and I want us just to take a moment just to come to terms with what Jesus has done for us. I want us to take a moment just to experience His power afresh. I want us to take a moment if we haven't already to come to Him with eager expectation and say, God, I'm not waiting to warm up. I'm not waiting for the right chord or the drum moment. No, no." I want to worship you with passion right now. So I wonder if there's people in this room you become to raise your hands. as the band start to sing. But I just want to take a moment. Let's just start to sing together and worship together. And let's just start to lift up the name that is above every other name. Come on. Some people have felt you've canceled your destiny. You've canceled your call. You've canceled the things that you felt God placed on your heart. But right now, I just believe in Jesus' name. There's restoration power there's restoration power, there's restoration power flowing through this place. And God, I pray right now for eager hearts to encounter you afresh in Jesus' name. Come on, let's, let's sing band. Come on. Come on, build that conviction right now. I will build my life. That's a conviction. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.